Welcome to the last episode of the series on Catholic education. Hopefully we do more than tear down, but actually give people awareness of what's going on and a call to action for men to stand up and get involved in what's going on in the lives of their children in their parochial or secondary schools. That's it. Let's get to it. If you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, teaching the church's uh, teachings, you will be persecuted and you will be um, ostracized and unfortunately fired uh, for, for doing just that. And it, it's, it, it can scar you deeply, uh, so much so that you don't ever want to teach uh, at a Catholic school again. Um, and I've had that experience uh, where I felt betrayed by the church. I felt betrayed by God. Uh, horrible experience, but ultimately uh, you, you keep pushing on and you realize that you're, you're not there for those people. And those people are always going to be there. And you're always going to have to, um, you know, uh, fight to, 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 to preach the gospel and to, and to preserve the truth. Right. And um, regardless but as you get older, you realize like, man, I have more at stake. You know, I have a family, I have this or that. And those risks uh, become uh, questionable whether you want to take them or not. Because, you know, you, you don't, you don't want to risk, constantly risk losing your job because now you have children. Now you have, wife, say, you have a wife. Some of us have a family yeah, yeah. to support. Yeah. And to try to support a family with a Catholic school teacher's salary is difficult enough, not to mention having all these other battles to fight, not feeling appreciated, forget not feeling appreciated, you know, screw that. I mean, just knowing that you're expendable to that extent, you know, um, there's so many, so it's, it's kind of a, it seems like a downer of an episode, especially because I have a quote right in front of me right now of a, of a prophet, uh, not really a prophet, but uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who, who was quoted as saying, if you want your children to fight for the faith, send them to public school. If you want them to lose their faith, send them to Catholic school. Oh, this is attributed to Venerable <laughs> Fulton Sheen. God have mercy. Um, it, says, it says on this on this article that I'm looking at that he didn't say it, but but that's one of the things that I, that I remember um, mostly from especially as I hear these stories, as I witnessed this being part of the Catholic school system, as I sent my kids to Catholic schools, trying to afford it, you know, being $600 under budget every month, just because I was sending my kids to Catholic school, uh, for what? For a popularity contest, for parents trying to impress each other with the kind of van or SUV that they were driving, you know, all this stuff that I saw in this toxic culture at Catholic schools, not just from a theological perspective, but, but from a societal perspective, it's like, what are we teaching the kids? I mean, when I went to, to a mass, I noticed that I didn't really see those parents at mass. You know, what, what the heck is going on? And even whether or not Fulton Sheen said that quote, it's true. It is true. 
you know, it is it is something that is very true and very sad. And like like you keep on asking, what is the answer? And I don't think a lot of us who worked uh, for Catholic schools like the answer, you know, and that's going to be bring back faithful nuns and monks and priests to teach. You know, that would make things more affordable for parents. That would make the Catholic identity of the school go up. That would make things a whole lot better, but it would leave a lot of us kind of without a job. You know, and I and as I saw that happening, I was like, you know what, we got to we got to get these kids out of the school because I, I know I kind of threw the, the nuns under the bus. But but I did as I was speaking to one of them and she was worried about me and my commute because I used to drive about an hour and 15 minutes to, to work. She said, you know, they, they, they'll get the faith at home. And that is probably the most important component, you know, me talking about the parents who were not going to mass and whatnot. The kids, they, they're getting the faith at home. You know, we're praying. We are, we're talking to them about the faith. We're sending them to a, to a good parish to get religious education and whatnot. And, and we're continuing it at home. And I Amen. think, I think the world will survive without the laity screwing things up more because sadly, you know, in our, in our experience, we see our colleagues tearing down the faith. Um, I talked to the people that I used to work with and they say that the, the senior retreat is now uh, basically gay straight alliance. You know, the wow. talks are no longer leading to Jesus, but they're just people saying, sharing stories about their gay friends and their trans friends and whatnot. Um, it is, it is no longer about Christ. It's about us. And how do we conform God to our beliefs? And it's a lot of this. My God wouldn't do this. My God wouldn't do that. Who are you to say who God is? Who am I to say who God is? You know, and it's kind of kind of C.S. Lewis, what I what I uh, what I end up saying to people that if you're looking for comfort in Catholicism, you're, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it in Christianity. It is not a religion of comfort. It is a religion that is meant to make us uncomfortable with who we are so that we may grow out of our sinfulness. And that's something that I see the schools refusing to acknowledge and refusing to live out and refusing to teach our students nowadays. And that's one of the reasons why I took the kids out, you know, and our budget has been a whole lot better. Um, and I don't know what else to say. You know, it's not just an economic thing. It's a, it's a spiritual thing. They're losing their soul and they're taking our kids with them. Wow. Wow. That's <laughs> wow. Mic drop right there. <laughs> it is. <that's> it. <laughs> if you were holding, you'd have to drop it, man. Yeah, I'm not dropping the cigar. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting though that uh, the model of of Catholic education it's still continuing, but without the Catholic component in charter schools. Yeah, the, the charter schools have taken the Catholic model, and and that's really a lot of them. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of them have actually done good things with it, but. If you think about it, charter school actually do better to catechize your child because they're not they're not necessarily going out there and, and pushing a lot of these uh, a lot of these uh, ideological views. Um, so, yeah, yeah. One of my, one of the friends that that I used to uh, work with um, moved on to a charter school, and they are basically talking about love all the time. And she says it's basically Catholic school without without talking about Jesus, but even a lot of the, uh, a lot of the staff are, are, are either Catholic or Protestant Christians who used to either used to work at Catholic schools or, or just like the mission of, of just talking about love. Yeah. 
Well, some of some charter schools now um, actually do great book programs. So they do classical, you know, uh, you know. Oh, and if you read if you read the classics, you can't escape Christianity. <laughs> you can't some of the escape greatest Christ- minds yeah. on planet Earth that have ever existed. Exactly. Have been have been Catholics. You yeah. know, think about the Big Bang Theory, like you said earlier, Javier, like the the Catholic, the educational system would not exist without the Catholic Church. Exactly. The hospital system would not exist without the Catholic Church. Amen. The Big Bang Theory would not exist without the Catholic Church. The scientific method. I mean, the, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. One of the most famous um, famous scientists of all time, a Frenchman by the name of Louis Pasteur. I mean, we drink milk that's pasteurized because of this guy. You know, um, and I know some foodies will disagree with pasteurizing stuff, but whatever. You know, um, like he was he was a devout a devout Catholic who who said that it's not it's not too much science that leads to atheism. It's too little science. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when we divorce knowledge from faith, mm-hmm. we we miss the point. I mean, I don't I don't know how many times like I, I talked to these kids and I got in trouble for uh, for for talking to being a, a guest speaker at a at a science uh, class in the, in the school that I was working at, because I said that I, I basically said that, you know, um, science and religion are not at odds with one another. Truth cannot contradict truth. Yeah. And truth is contradicting truth within the institution that has the fullness of truth. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I I think that was just feedback. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, So, yeah. And that's just, that was it. I have have nothing else. You know, know, Dennis, I I thought about your your question, the solution. Um, I I think the solution is, I mean, mean, obviously it's the lay people. we, We have our part. But I think it ultimately comes down to uh, the hierarchy of the church, the, the the bishops who we need to pray for. I see people, like I said, like Cordiglione, uh Archbishop Cordiglione, who who stepped up and did what he did. Um, I'm sure that the Catholic schools in 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 his diocese, archdiocese, are not perfect, but um, it's at least a, a great step in, in the right direction. Um, taking that step, being bold, uh, and, and doing that when you. Um, are seeing so many bishops just cave in. I know in LA about two years ago, I'll never forget this. Uh, all the theology teachers were invited to a, a meeting with the Maybe. archbishop. Um, and uh, I was there. yeah, it was really sad. Um, it was really sad. And I couldn't believe it uh, when uh, this, this, um, this religion teacher uh, got up and he asked archbishop Jose Gomez uh, what he thought about, having uh gay clubs on catholic campuses and i and i was i was hoping and praying and i was, you know i closed my eyes and i was like okay here this is it lord he's gonna set them straight he's gonna do it in such a way that he's just gonna end the debate and i i just couldn't believe it he said that it depends on your community depends on your school whatever works for your school and i was just like what i what? <laughs> what, 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 and, um, you know, again, I'm not trying to cast the first stone, uh, at, oh, I do. At, at, but at the same token, <laughs> you, you, I'm sorry, Archbishop Jose Gomez, you, you, you let us down. You that let means- us down. You, you have let us down here in Los Angeles. You let us down. And, and I hope and pray to God, um, that, you know, nobody's perfect, um, that, uh, you, know, you know, that, that, that you rectify that and that, 
in the future, hopefully, but it just doesn't seem to be getting any better uh, here and, and a lot of different places. And obviously it doesn't help with our Supreme Pontiff and, and Shepherd, uh, you know, the church uh, leading the church and, and, uh, and a very, you know, um, cloudy direction uh, of uncertainty, you know, so, you know, God help us all, but we do need solid bishops that will stand up. And I remember uh, Archbishop uh, Chaput in Philadelphia. <laughs> remember when he became the Archbishop, he closed down so many schools. And obviously the schools that he closed were schools that were heading in this direction, that they were not only struggling financially, but also that were just, you know, teaching horrific things. And he did not hesitate. He closed them down, right? Uh, and obviously he was criticized for that greatly but um so are we uh yeah. are we as a school and a church going towards the benedict option within catholic education i don't know um you know i i've heard from some traditionalists you know take or leave it that that option is not the option as we're supposed to be loving in society and not distance ourselves from society but i mean i'm, I'm open to, to debate not everyone knows what the Benedict option is. Yeah, would yeah, you be, well, would yeah, you be kind enough to, uh, to enlighten us with that? I think somebody will do a better justice than I would. I don't but think so. Is... I think you're the expert. I don't think I'm the expert on that one, but it's all about the, the church becoming smaller in order for it to, to actually become fervent. If, uh, if I'm I'm willing to be corrected, if you guys uh... yeah, no, that, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, that's what he was writing about before he became, uh, he became Pope Benedict. I remember uh, when he was still, yeah, yeah, when he was Cardinal oh, Ratzinger. Yeah, I, I don't know. The book was saying simply that. I think it was saying to distance yourself from the secular world, like almost completely, and just focus on your own inner Catholic circles, and don't even bother trying to evangelize because you're too far gone. Is what I've gotten from it. Um, but again, you know, read it. You know, look for yourself. But ultimately, I think that's going off topic a little bit. I think at the end of the day, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, what we need to do is, as Javier mentioned, um, we need to call out the bishops. We need to call out, you know, we need to start writing letters. We need to show them, hey, there's some good Catholics out here and we see what's happening. We want a change. And, you know, I was proud of the, uh, the Bishop of Buffalo recently. There's a movie being made in Buffalo on St. Uh, Cabrini, Italian saint, or the first American, I'm sorry, first American uh, female saint who's from Italy, but is being filmed in Buffalo, New York City. And, and the director asked the Bishop of Buffalo, I was at the mass when, when he had given this homily, and basically, uh, the director was just asking the bishop, like, what's going on, like, regarding the church and all these things. And the bishop of Buffalo actually said that, you know, what we're, the, the church is losing faith in, in the Eucharist, you know, uh, basically just saying that we've become watered down as a church and we need to step up. Right. And the director said, so what are you bishops going to do about it? And so he said, well, we have a lot of work to do, but, you know, basically we need to start preaching. And so he did. He gave a good homily, uh, uh, like 20 plus minutes. Uh, you know, it was based on John chapter six, just like two weeks ago, I think was the gospel. And uh, yeah, I was really happy to hear that um, coming from, you know, a diocese that's been really um, hurting from a lot of scandals. 
from back in the day and uh, it's just surf surfacing now. Yeah. The bishops need to step up. We need to pray for them. I think going back to, you know, our lady of Akita, uh, Japan, the, the apparition that Pope Benedict himself, um, uh, likes that she, she said in 1973 that the smoke of Satan has infiltrated even to the highest rankings of the church. And that what is our job to do? Pray the rosary every day for the bishops and priests, right? And Pope, including, you know, the Bishop of Rome and do repentance, right? Do penance for, for the hierarchy because they're ultimately in charge, right? Ultimately, these schools can be shut down by these bishops, right? All the Catholic schools can be shut down by the bishops if they wanted to. They're ultimately in charge. And so I think that's what we need to do. We just need to stay faithful to the prayer, to the rosary, um, and, and offer it up for the priests and bishops in particular because they're the ultimate teachers of the faith on earth. Not to be not to be just contradictory or whatnot, but um, but just bring back Fulton Sheen. He said that uh, not to look not to look to them to save the church. It's our responsibility to remind them that they are our shepherds. Mm -hmm. You know, we yeah, we we need to pray. We need to pray hard. Mm -hmm. I think we're not picking up the mantle when it comes down to prayer. We have not picked up the mantle as parents to, to really pass on the gospel to our children. Um, we are not, we're not instructing them as we should. Um, so we have a responsibility to our children. We have a responsibility to whether you're a, a father or not, you know, this is a man's podcast. You are a spiritual father. Well, people are looking up to you. If, uh, if people have been listening to, to this podcast long enough, my brother Ramon has has had many, many stories of him being a father figure to, to people who, um, who didn't have any direction. You know, we have to, we have to remember that maybe the, the only word of encouragement uh, these kids hear is from us. Maybe the only, the only solid preaching of the faith will be from us, you know, but, but it is our responsibility to remind the bishops who they are and what their mission should be. And let's not make a mistake. There are many who became priests to destroy the church from within, not really paying attention to the words of Jesus, who said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Um, so we do have a responsibility as men. And another thing is that the, the Catholic schools are a reflection of the community that surrounds them, that supports them, that gives them money. You know, so this is where we, we get to vote. You know, one of the things that that changed the way I eat. I know it's going to sound like I'm, I'm totally switching gears here, but, um, but something that changed the way I ate was a, a documentary called food Inc. Uh, and one of the things at the very end says that we have a lot more power than we think, you know, we get to vote three times a day. You know, we get to vote every week. We, uh, you know, what parish are we going to? What, what is the priest preaching? The collection basket is powerful. You know, so we get to we get to go to the church that's preaching what the church believes, what the church is supposed to be teaching. You know, so we do have a responsibility. Um, and like you said, you know, it does start with prayer, but it doesn't end there. Uh, so, you know, Amen. don't 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 uh, let's not give uh, give way to um, to cynicism or to uh, what's what's that word I'm looking for when we just give up. You know, we, we can't despair. We have to uh, we have to realize that we have more power than we than we think. Well, I think that's also the answer, the call that we're answering to as well, especially being involved in Catholic education and continuing 
in apostolates or ministries or whatever we do in our everyday life because yeah all four of us here have heard a higher calling than just your average layperson that's called to work and provide for their family though we are also called to that but we are called to be out there leaders teachers within the church and we are called to be judged with greater strictness as well and and uh, and if that's our calling then we we have a responsibility to keep pushing forward not to fall into despair not to fall into bitterness though i have am having that tendency to do so over the last few months uh, still kind of reeling uh, of, of being let go but uh but it's all about getting back up and and being filled with hope you know i i still have my connections within that school there and uh hearing some of the students asking where i am and uh, and just still getting messages wow. here and there, you know, uh, it's, it's encouraging. It, it brings me hope saying that like, all right, my time there was not wasted. Uh, I, uh, my heart being poured out to those students and showing them the, the beauty of the faith, Amen. um, will continue to, to grow. We planted those seeds. We are not called to, to see the flourishing of those seeds. We are called to just plant them. And Amen. I think, uh, for anybody who's listening, who falls into that despair that I think I've been kind of start reeling in within the last couple of months um, yeah. to get up, to get back up. If you're, if you're in that pit, get back up and uh, you have a calling. We have a calling. Uh-huh. So. Amen, brother. We didn't want to leave before, before uh, plugging your podcast in. Um, so if, uh, if Edgar, if you can, uh, if you can let us know where, where people can find your podcast. All right. So just uh, just a refresher. My name is Edgar Lujano and I run the Broken Spear podcast. You can find that on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also find my website, which is brokenspearpodcast.com. Awesome. So we're also going to post um, all the links on the show notes for the podcast. So stay tuned, click, like, subscribe, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So pray for us and we will pray for you. Ferrum ferro, aquitur. Whoa, 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 where do you think you're going? I don't dismiss you. The bell does. Oh, the bell did ring. All right, all right, you're free to go.